take a sweet. Mm, it's almost that time. Take yeah, man, the Swig Podcast, man. Yeah, we gotta tune in. Man, let me grab this beer right quick, man. Yeah, let me get my drink ready. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know, man, they be talking about all types of stuff on the man, the loggers, the man. There's some beers I ain't never even heard of on there. We about to learn about them, though, yeah. too. What's up, world? It's your boy, the Bearded Brother. And Shani Hadia, the marvelous gift in the building. We're on stop number, virtual stop number two. <laughs> Man, I wish we were traveling. Right. I love the shy, but it's too cold for me to be fucking with it right now. So I'm really glad to be um, here virtually with our <laughs> guest. <laughs> we have Afro Beer Chick and Nick, which, do you have a special name, Nick? <laughs> Afro bearded. What's the beer street name? It's Afro beard chick and Afro beard Nick. And Afro beard Nick. You know, Afro beard Nick. Yes, I can see Nick. I'm Nick White. That's me. So y'all are representing Chicago, the windy city, the cold city right now. That's like negative four degrees. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's cold up here. Yeah, mm-mm. I just got hypothermia. You saying <laughs> negative four? That, see, that's that. I don't even go outside. Whether you know, I'm I'm right now. I can run to the car. I got on a little jacket, a nice little jacket. Nothing, nothing too heavy. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely am not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not here for four degrees, and that's why I won't go to Chicago outside of the summertime. It's beautiful during. during you don't want to be here during the winter time. <laughs> no. <laughs> I tell you, man, 10 degrees is 10 degrees no matter how many times you see it. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it. They, you know, Mm -hmm. I saw a picture of um, somebody, like they had kids sitting outside, sleeping outside, like taking a nap. And apparently that's how they get them right. That's how they get them accustomed to the weather, you know, from starting from a young age. This is maybe, I don't know, you know, Russia, something like that. That's like- I said one of us. (laughs) I was like, I don't think no black folks up here trying to have a nap on a patio and try, no, mm-mm. And talking about last year, I think it was people getting like hypothermia, being outside and like for 15 minutes. Why yeah. would I be out there? Oh, <laughs> why, why would I do that? So you all sent us some beer. Mm-hmm. Which one should we open first? Um, you got the hot butcher in hand. I'm going to say hot butcher. Okay, hot butcher it is. Yeah. So this one. Candied citrus, light pine, vibrant tropical. This is my kind of jam. Tropical <laughs> is one of um, my favorite breweries up here in Chicago. They drop stuff, it seems like every five seconds. And yeah. they, they do IPAs very well. Mm. Okay. All right. We have one of those here, uh, Bearded Iris. That's, they drop IPAs, you know, that's their every week, you know, release. And mm-hmm. They do them really well, so I ain't even. I, I'm not mad at the. Um, I'm not mad at the release at all. Now which uh, so. which hot butcher did you guys open? That normalized. Normalize, normalize the signal. Okay. With, See, um, oh, my memory. I forget. I'm like, man, what did I send? I forgot. It's gonna be the same thing, especially when you send a couple things off. You be like, which one did I send to them? Which one am I drinking today? No. So mosaic sabro hop double India pale ale. It's smooth. Oh, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, I think they use Oh, that's good. So I'm good. an IPA addict. Like this guy over here, he I respect IPAs. He's stout. I'm a stout guy. This is my boat. Right? I like this. I'm seeing both. 
I'll drink. I definitely drink both. And a lot of them are in my fridge. Um, so that and breakfast sours, I actually enjoy those. And then um, open, like the, the open fermented, you know, wild ales. Those, those are my, that's my four. If I'm going to go. Those are his jam. I like those in the morning too. I think a nice, a nice dessert stout in the morning is what we usually do because yeah. that's what Shalana's into. But I, I'll get down on a sour in the morning and it's got the same vibe for me that just first thing in the morning as far as a breakfast beer go. Sour is just as compatible too. Yeah, I'm a rye, rye porter, stout guy. I like I like to throw in a Belgian triple every now and then. Okay. Depends on where it's, where it's from. If it's actually from, if it's imported, yes, every day like a, a delirium or something like that. If it's like more stateside, it's very brewery dependent. Like I know New Heights here in Nashville makes a really good one. And I think they're getting ready to discontinue it, which like just hurts the very pits of my heart because that's like one of my favorite uh, beers in the city. So, so what are y'all sipping on over there? We well, sent you all a couple things. The first one is the Hilltopia from Southern Grist. Okay, all right. Taking on that one, and then he popped open. What was the other one you popped open? This next one is the Attention Please from uh, Cultivate Variety. Is that what the name is? No, that's Bearded Iris. Oh, oh that's Bearded Iris. Oh, that's their that's their line, Cultivate. Cultivate. Yeah, stuff. yeah. That's how they <laughs> describe their beers and stuff oh, like that. But oh, the funny yeah, thing is, in Tennessee, Nashville, yeah, let me know what you think on that one. The The funny thing with Bearded Iris is that their tagline is uh, cultivate variety, but they really make a lot of IPAs and not much variety. So the I don't know if it's the joke or they switched it to the cultivate variety uh, refers to the hops used. It's got to be the hops. The way they pump out IPAs, they definitely use a lot of hops, and they'll mix and match and uh, put together some some good stuff. But so it sounds like it's sour. like our version of hot butcher up here. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is cool, man. It's like piney and herbal, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. So it's not it's not straight juice. It's giving you kind of like this um some kind of some kind of vegetable vegetable with the pineyness. Uh, more herbs than that. <laughs> so I'm looking at him like now I'm trying to see where he was going with it. So it's herbal vibes. He's giving you herbal vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta let them you gotta let them flow. Let them play with it in his head. He's gonna come up with the whole the vegetable. Mm, I like that. This hot butcher, it's I mean, good. yeah. I I don't know. I don't think I've had hot butcher before. I said I really need to start updating my um my untapped because I drink a yeah. whole lot of beers and I be forget bad about untapped, you know, and I feel bad because when I was on there um happy hour one time and like I don't really once I take a picture and I post it to IG, it's over with. I'm not gonna go through that on that I'm again. the exact same way. It's out there for the world to see that's good enough for me. It's kind of IG. I got my untapped on IG. I'm good. Yes. If I could just, if I could scroll through and know that I've already drank them from looking at my IG, that would be ideal. <laughs> so Instagram, if you're listening, if you could just add that feature for beer drinkers, and I'm sure other people who collect shit, they want to know that they already have it too. Yeah, see, there you go. So, I, you know, we, we want to talk about how 
the city, um, how the city vibes with, with black culture and beer culture, you know, is, do you all find yourselves in breweries a lot there? Well, before pre-COVID? Yeah, yeah, I'll, always pre-COVID. Yeah, we definitely used to bounce around from brewery to brewery. And, you know, I just said this yesterday, and it's like, I always got to make this point, Chicago is so huge. We talking about just the city of Chicago. Okay, so in, in the area is 77 different neighborhoods, so each one is going to get something different. Mm-hmm. But then you expand out to Chicago land, you have the suburbs, and that's also including Northwest Indiana. So it's like, it almost becomes like a little field trip. It's like, okay, well, which area are we going to hit up? I love and it. And which breweries are we going to hit, hit up? So it's, a, it's, it's always fun times when we get to go bounce around. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to it, but yeah, we we um like we like to travel and and Chicago is definitely one of those places. I've been to a couple and I I've been to Chicago before I really got into beer. So I was a beer drinker, but I wasn't really tracking my breweries. It's just something that I did. And the the beer scene was pretty cool. I we went to Revolution. Um, I think everybody has to go to Revolution or something, you know. <laughs> you have to go. You got to go see what Marty and and Jim and all them are doing, especially with their with, with their stats. I mean, they have an amazing barrel program, so you got to check it out while you're here. Oh yeah, that's mm. yeah, nothing but a word to me. <laughs> and see, and now I got to go back to different cities because I'm like I've done some of the beer scene, but I wasn't paying attention to it. I did a whole West Coast trip and can't really tell you much about the breweries that I went to. But so, see, here's the thing: even in Chicago, it's so many breweries. We still discovering breweries that, that's popping up. So it's like we're still trying to figure out where to go and when to visit them, and you know, because every time you turn around, it's something. It's always something new. Or just when you get used to that bread, they're doing something different. They're, you know, they're amping up some, a new program. So it's like we are constantly rediscovering beer here in Chicago. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. more bird, more uh, breweries that opened in the burbs than they did in the city. So I think in the city, we're probably about 66 breweries. Mm-hmm. Shit, I think the burbs alone are, have their own it's 70, like 100, 70, <laughs> it's 70 like plus some, breweries. Yeah. I mean, that sounds so divine. I feel like we got like 20 here in Nashville and surrounding areas. Yeah, that's that's about (laughs) it. (laughs) So it takes, you know, two, three weekends. You really done tapped all of them in in so many ways. So, I mean, the breweries are good. I enjoy going to them, but I wish we did have more that we can just be like, oh, this is this is a new brewery. Cool. This is opening (laughs) that we don't we don't have too too much of that here. And that's not even talking about the breweries that's actually contract room here that don't have tap rooms that we can go visit. And then you, mm. if you walk into the store, you're going to see their, selves on, their stuff on the shelf. Like Hobbitcher. Hobbitcher doesn't have a tap room. That's true. Hobbitcher is brewing out of Miskatonic and Darien. So that's the West Burbs. They oh, okay. And they were brewing out of Fire Rabbit, too. That's in, a, that's in the South Burbs near the airport. So... Yeah, they don't have their own space. So they started as the South Loop Brewing Company and they never, they never got to the point where they got their own space. So they're kind of a, I wouldn't say they're a gypsy. They're, they're definitely a, uh, uh, they're a resident of Miskatonic, whatever mm-hmm. that word is, when you got a multiple proprietorships mm-hmm. going in one spot, that's what they're doing. Uh, okay. Yeah. I definitely thought they would have their own space the way y'all said they were pumping out, you know, pumping out the IPAs or the beers. 
But no, they just be contract brewing, just going. Yeah, they just going, and every yeah. time you turn around, it's like they have. To, and then what's that? Who else is like that? Uh, Saint Laurent is like that. That's in your Saint Laurent. I think I yes, did. yes. Yeah, Saint Laurent. That's that's another good one. So it's like, yeah, we it's you have breweries that you it you can't even you often sometimes overlook because they don't have the actual physical space. But then you turn around, it's like they're magically in a store. It used to be a bad word, uh, contract brewing. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you either you know you can't afford your own shit, or you know you ain't at a point where you you're committed enough to go buy your own shit, and people would look down on it. But now, well, how about just a good example? And I think that's when the perception changed. Hot butcher phase three, where yeah. it's like, like she said, there's a hot butcher in the fridge here every week. <laughs> Even <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's every week. <laughs> that's a statement. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I, I wouldn't mind more of these in the fridge either. So I get it. That's kind of how um, Bearded Iris is for me because it they pump out great IPAs and I really, you know, I enjoy them. So when they drop and uh, the IG have this sexy picture, I'm like, oh, this looks delish- delicious. Mm-hmm. I want it. <laughs> and that's how they get you though. Every time. Picture, like, damn, let me go get this real quick. And it was like, at this point, my beer blood budget is just gone. It's like, forget it. I'm just going to hand cop this beer. And I have to immediately ball up the receipts just so I won't have buyer's remorse. And it's like the other day, I had to toss food just so I can make space for beer. <laughs> yeah, I have my little cousin uh, with the pandemic. She left her uh, college fridge here. And so I went ahead and um, started utilizing that. <laughs> So I have some in the, in my main fridge. I'm trying to contain it to a little area. It's over. It's overflowing. Luckily, my wife has not said anything yet. <laughs> Emphasis on the yet. Part. Yeah. <laughs> she waiting. It's like as soon as you done record. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. She was. What? Where is this? What is? But yeah, that's like me for new heights. Like new heights, I'm always having something. Either I'm going to the brewery having a drink there or I have like a bottle or a four pack in there just waiting mm-hmm. on me at the house. So they get me every time. Hmm. Okay. We usually, you know, well, not usually we started off sharing beers cause we were able to record together Then the pandemic hit. And so we were used to, you know, drinking like two beers a show mm-hmm. because I mean, we're both drinking 16 ounces but together we really knocked back like four to five in a show and Easy. Body- <laughs> Easy. I mean it still end up being just two beers a piece but you know it's I say that to say we are already going on to this next beer which is the face <laughs> the phase three uh, we got two beers we got two beers open and we got bourbon so <laughs> listen, oh, really, really? my kind of people <laughs> <laughs> So we we throwing back bourbon too on top of the beers that we drinking. So yeah, let's let's talk about that for a second because I know like y'all are big in the y'all are big in the bourbon. I, like I've seen posts and hey, that's my kind of jam. Like I've done the I see you got the Kentucky bourbon shirt on. I've done. Oh, this is my Christmas gift. Yeah, Shalanda got this stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. There, um, there's I've done the bourbon trail. So like I, I'm a big fan of it as well. Like how did y'all get into that? Um, I think, uh, well, shit, I think, you know, uh, y'all just like to drink. That too. (laughs) She just had, (laughs) it's okay. I get it. It gets us one further step (laughs) away from just full alcoholism. You know, we drink 
and talk about the shit, then we're just not straight up alcoholics. Okay, so the bourbon, <laughs> right? So the bourbon podcast justifies I'm drinking even more. So like my mother, like she's why are you drinking all this? I'm like, mom, it's called research and development. Okay, <laughs> I gotta, really I gotta, I have to understand what I'm drinking, so I have to sip what I'm drinking. You know what I'm saying? But it's not alcoholism. But my drinking is really, I'm gonna put it all on him. He got me into beer which led me to barrel-aged beers, bourbon barrel-aged beers, which mm-hmm. led me to bourbon. It was him and this whole bourbon. Last year, you guys, I have pictures. If you would have saw my bar last year. Yeah. You, know, you know, yes, let's take it back to what, March of last year, pre-COVID. I had one bottle of bourbon on my bar. Okay. Now, I can't even tell you how many is over there. Because nice. of him, it's like, oh, we should get this. We should try this. We should get this. So I, I have the plug. Like y'all have y'all have y'all tried guidance? Huh? Have y'all tried guidance whiskey? No. No, no guidance. Um, who's that? Who's guidance? So it's out of Nashville. It's black owned. Nice. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's good. And it's it's good. So because yeah, there's none. I think um the closest we got to black owned on the bar is the Uncle Nearest stuff. We got three of those. Yeah. But I'm always curious. I want to make that part of my journey. Because like Shalanda, well, Shalanda's in a subculture with beer that's way heavier than I am in respects to like who all the national black brewers are. So whenever time I drink something from a black brewery, I'm like, I get excited that that's part of my journey now. So I yeah. definitely be down for trying some black distillers too. And yeah, like, yeah, they, um, we did a, uh, we brewed the Black <laughs> Beautiful together. So it was um, Black Abbey. It was Black Abbey. Us and um, Guidance. And Guidance. <laughs> and off premise, we had some, he brought in some black owned spirits. Oh, wow. And it was, you know, rum, whiskey. Uh, there's a three, three, three borough, three bros. Yeah, they're down. Yeah, I heard it out one They're yeah. in Kentucky, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They're actually opening up a, a distillery. So it was, it was awesome to be able to, um, to try those and like yo, that was I mean we had seven, eight, maybe that was a Some ten. There, yeah. And was, whew, yeah. That was that was his, but that's his thing. He's definitely like, I'm coming, you coming with me. As I'm going up the ladder, I'm pulling all these people up too. So uh really dope, really dope guy. And so I'ma make sure y'all get some guidance. I gotta, oh, I gotta thanks. I appreciate that because I'm <laughs> I'm always looking for like black owned distilleries, black owned spirits. You know, trying to support the people, support the movement. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can y'all tell the militant one between us two? <laughs> Listen, I get it. I got a shirt, Trust Black Women. That's my shirt that I'm rocking right now. <laughs> but I'm, I definitely am more militant, but my wife, uh, like she rocking a Black Power Fist shirt right now and about to go on live on IG talking about it, all that stuff. So this is just how, how, how I... Excuse me. This is just how our house operates. The drink might be kicking in a little bit. I was gonna say the beer getting you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so hey, you want to uh, talk about that three phase three? Yes, the phase three brewing company. Uh, triple dry hop, energetic mind, double dry hop, triple IPA. What's that was a mouthful. It's a mouthful. A whole lot of words on that can. Yeah. <laughs> can I read? <laughs> It's a triple energetic mind, double dry hop, triple IPA, big secret and citra. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing those are hops in it. So that's yeah. definitely giving the juiciness of it. And 
Them it's big seagulls give that like pillowy feel. I like that. Yeah, that's like a perfect I mean, way to. I prefer West Coast IPAs, but mm. I do like a good. I, I like a good uh, hazy, hazy or New drink. England. So the thing it, with this my alcohol, it's just uh-huh. not <laughs> taste like tar. What you say? This brewery is when they first came out. And I got, I put it out there. When they first came out, it was like they were like another hot butcher. They like every time you turn around, they had something different on the shelves. And it was at one point, I'm like, man, are y'all producing the same damn beer in a different can? But over time, <laughs> I started to see a shift or a change. And it seemed, and it now was like every time I grab one of theirs, it's they're also another staple. Some things I rock with heavy with them. Some things like, oh, no, okay, I'm not going to get this again. And, and it happens. You're not going to like everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. But phase three has been consistent for me. You know, some things I rock with, some things I don't. But they're another good brand. Like, I, we had a, a pressed earlier. It was their Imperial Porter, the tiramisu, which is pretty good. Mm, okay. Which we, I didn't pick that up until I was in the beer. So, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty good. I think it just hit the stores after I had sent y'all. After I sent y'all package. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> this one's sitting at ten percent. This does not taste it at all. That's, uh, that, that's definitely scary. It's gonna hit you. World to be. <laughs> that is dangerous. It's gonna catch you up. This gonna yeah. I was like, it tastes like seven or eight percent, but I looked at this. Like, you sure it's ten percent? It's one of the ones that's gonna hit you later. <laughs> yeah, they were for it. Their contract brewing, and then they end up just buying the joint. Yeah, that they were brewing that. Yeah, there you go. Some of these guys they get pineapple. Yes, get I get a lot of pineapple in here, which I am not against at all. So they end up they now they have a location. Yes, that they purchased the spot that they were contract brewing. They were brewing out of Lake Zurich Brewing Company. Uh, and then they just bought Lake Zurich Burn Company. Yeah. Okay. That's boss moves right there. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. We about to get this brewery right here real quick. Oh, yeah. Right. I was like, we know we've been contracting with y'all, but <laughs> now we own y'all. So <laughs> yeah. this is weird. <laughs> I'm going to go with they came into the game with that expectation because that's got to be some, I feel some type of way. I'm contract brewing and then all of a sudden, like, wait, you want to buy me? The audacity. <laughs> well, we call that growth. <laughs> Growth. <laughs> that is hilarious. But yeah, like I just, I know in this last year we've seen a bunch of Black is Beautiful beers coming out. How was that response in the city? Were breweries pretty responsive to that, or was it kind of like some had to get pushed? It looked like you had to get somebody together. You stay yeah. having to get somebody together. Because when both of y'all look up, like. Okay. I got cussed out at least three times. (laughs) Okay, so for me, let me say this, and and I always say this, I'm so proud of Marcus and his hard work. I'm so proud of the movement that it went international. It brought Mm -hmm. a lot of things to life. Um, Where my issue comes in at is that, you know, Black, our Blackness and movements like this become used, we'll be used as a trend. And that's the part I don't like. Yes. So here you had a lot of breweries that was like, oh, hey, look at me. I brewed this Black is Beautiful beer. Okay, great. Now, what are you going to do after this, this beer is brewed? Where are your receipts to your donations? What's going on? You know, because the movement don't just stop here. Now you did, you were this, hey, look at me. But now it was like, okay, we are now past that. Almost a year past this. What are you still doing to push this race of people for? Had you diversified your brewery? 
Are you contributing to black culture more? No, you're not. It was again, used as a social trend for them to help bump up their image and not do anything for us. The second thing that I disagreed on, and I, I don't think that founders should have been able to participate. Mm -hmm. I said yesterday, they, pan they did exactly what I thought they were gonna do. They pandered to the black people. Oh yes, hey, we're doing this black is beautiful beer and this and that, and guess what happened? They fell silent and went right back to their bullshit. Right back. <laughs> right back. They didn't, it, wasn't, it, was, it was without hesitation. So, so I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, my thing is, I don't want the black is beautiful to be that new, I have black friends. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I brewed the black is beautiful. We're not racist at this brewery. Eh, that's not how that goes. <laughs> that, that is not, I don't not give a shit. All. You know what I'm saying? So it's the, like, what's next? Like you were just saying, it's just like, okay, you brewed this black is beautiful. And it's like, and what's, what, what are you doing? And so I look at breweries like, that's why I rock heavy with uh, Rev. Because there's there's a lot that they do for the black community that they don't I mean that they don't even publicize and they just do it and I rock with that you know Goose Island they have a bad rap because they sold out to AB but guess what they do they give grants they give opportunities they do just as much as well but I'm talking about the breweries it's like okay you brewed this beer you put you put your little black square up but what happened after that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where's the rest of the conversation? Where's the rest of the movement? Like, what's, yeah. what's, what's your plan? And, and really, one of I think some of the frustrating parts of it is they're looking for at us for the answer, mm -hmm. and that's where it stops. There's like, hey, okay, what do you? So, what do you have? What do you suggest? And then it's just a pause, waiting for you to fill in the blank. But it's like, first off, it has to be a conversation, right? Um, and then secondly, like, there, am I the only person that you're asking? Are you doing any research? Have you paid somebody to come in and help you with this issue for diversity? It's not a, it, you, like, you can't just. Uh, you, they're trying to look for this big grand. They want the easy yeah. out. You said what? They want the easy out. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I've gotten to the point where I'm not doing any more diversity and inclusion panels because my thing is this especially when it comes to those breweries that have that that have the coins you guys have the money you can hire a diversity and inclusion director you know what to do mm -hmm. it's just the fact is you want to use me to make it seem like you're doing something and that's what's not going to happen you yeah. know and they, they, or they'll reach out to black influencers and like hey well this is what we would like to do and we would like your feedback no really you want that black influencer to do your job for free. You don't even want to pay them. Mm. I'm not in the beer for money. I don't make any money off of this. I do just enough to support my beer habit, <laughs> you know, but I'm not interested in doing your job for you either. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's real. And it's funny that you say that because um, I've had like, I've been sitting here having these conversations on this end and I'm of the same thing like yo at, at some point it becomes less of oh yeah you know I'm happy to be a part of or working with your brewery to like okay y'all kind of using me at this point 
Right. Or you are, you know, trying to trying to exploit the situation. It's like, nah, you know, let's talk, let's talk financial pieces now. Right. Like, run your coins. <laughs> pay black people what they're worth, bruh. Right. Where's my bag at before we get to the next step? We said hello. Great. Okay, what about the money? Oh, you paid me? Cool. All right, let's have this conversation now. Right. And I know dollar signs are filled behind it because I feel like just in really in any um, aspect of business. I feel like a lot of these um, businesses that are predominantly white-owned, they want to do these big, grand gestures. Mm-hmm. It's just going to wipe away all their sins. It's like, no, we see what you're doing and what you did. We need right. to continue to see the way you change. You, that's great. You are you hired a drove of black people. Okay, like that's fine, but you're putting out commercials where you have all white people on the commercial still. Like it's <laughs> simplicity works for me. Like you do the simple stuff correctly when it comes to diversifying your demographic. That's right. you put a commercial out, put a black woman in there, put a black man in there, put the on that's black and LGBTQ community in there and promote that, but like keep doing it, keep the consistency up. That's what it is for me, rather than you doing this whole big thing and then you're like, oh. Look, we look what we did. See it? Hey, we just did this. Just like right now. I, I'm not believing. We already did our black thing. Right. We already and, checked the box already. It's Black History Month. Don't you see? We're like, no, let me see what is what look. Is, our shiny new product that we're not. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's so crazy. And then like, I just asked, um, do you charge uh, black? No, I don't. No, I genuinely support my, 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 my black influencers. My black breweries, if y'all need me to do something, I'm there, I'm doing it. I buy merch and I support. I don't ask for anything, but for the upper, the ones with the coins, you want, what you want me to do? You got to pay me first. And if you're not going to pay me, that's something we're not having this conversation anymore. It's not going to happen. So, you know, I'm because I'm tired of them using us to step on to get ahead and then you forget about us once you, you're done. Yeah, oh, that's so. That's real. <laughs> that's real, and it, it's it, it's interesting to hear it from your perspective, just because um, you know you're you've been in the game. I know when I came in, I've like you were one of the first people I followed. You know, look up to you as a beer influencer. So it was it. it it's like I, okay, I'm not tripping. <laughs> you know, you this see, is very real. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, she may yeah okay, I could see it. It makes sense. <laughs> First off, so you're wearing Mac Brewing. I'm, yes, I'm representing today. That blue is hitting. Like that, that shirt, blue. yeah, that shirt. I don't know if they have multiple colors, but the blue that is that is definitely. It popped out when I went on the website. So I was like, man, blue is my favorite color. I said, yeah, yeah, I gotta get this blue right here. <laughs> but yeah, like definitely, I kind of want to like Nick. I know you're big into like the history of Chicago beer. And how have breweries shown the history of beer? Like, do they pay their respects? Or is it still like they're trying to be like, ah, we don't want to deal with the history part. We want to do something new. Like, yeah, like with the history of like brewing. Brewing, just like prohibition. Because, you know, prohibition, if you like read about it, it's like it's very racist. <laughs> Prohibition was way more racist than they put in your book. I think, and you know, I got into an argument with uh, with the Chicago Museum about this over over um, over Twitter about how 
you know, it kickstarted the KKK, you know? Yeah. The KKK had maybe 200,000 members. And by the end of Prohibition, they had over, they had almost 5 million members in the KKK. Yeah, I was like, it ex- absolutely exploded. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't talk about that. And like how like saloons were like the green book before the green book for black and brown people. Yeah, that's true. Or I know. Like black people, it was like, that's what saloons were like a safe haven for our black travelers. And a lot of people don't really know that. So like, I wonder does Chicago pay any kind of homage to that? Or they're just like, Oh, we want to start new and clean slate and things like that. No, I think a lot of these, even on a, on a bar level, like a lot of these bars open and they'll open in what was an old Schlitz Tide house. So even in the, in the facade <laughs> of the building, you'll see the Schlitz globe. And they try, they 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 embrace that like they don't try to remove that from it right because like Chicago's kind of this living breathing museum right so like I think Schlitz at one point you know after when when Chicago burned down he came down from uh, Wisconsin and said oh all your breweries burned down like, that's fucked up Bob. you guys want some beer and then he said hey listen um I know you I know you're having problems with your taxes so why don't you just uh you know only sell my beer and I'll pay your taxes. <laughs> And then it turned into, okay, well, why don't I just buy your bar? So then Schlitz had all these bars around town where he was the, he was the second largest landowner in Chicago behind the Catholic church at the time with this, with this technique, right? So, I mean, Chicago never really stopped being that. It's always a, a pay to play town. It's always a, it's always been a bar, bar first town. And yeah, I think history, history's kind of woven into it because Siebel's here. That's a, a, a large brewing academy. Okay. And then even um even even brands like Baderbrow that started in Chicago and died were re- were resurrected and started again by other by other breweries right other mm-hmm. crews that grew up fall, yeah, that fell in love with it, you know <laughs> and even um Metropolitan they're a lager company here okay okay they had they they recently came out with the Sep beer yeah. you heard of this yeah so Sep was the beer that the beer that built Chicago they were the largest brewer in the country. When uh, and this was around the time of the Great Chicago Fire, so th- they say this is the their tagline is this is the beer that built Chicago because they were the top brewery in the country at the time uh, Chicago was rebuilding itself. Okay. So Metropolitan just rebrewed that beer with the, with as close as they could to the original recipe. They just brewed it again for a run over like I said over the last three months. So Chicago's always. Did not tell you he was Mister History. And tribute to his past. I love it. That's dope. I'm. We're and locked in. Let's like, talk about history. Chicago's time. history. <laughs> this is Mr. History yeah. right here. And then Bader Brown, those were my guys, man. Bader Brown died. <laughs> Bader Brown died three times in this town, <laughs> right? Damn. So Bader Brown. Yeah, all right, so if you went to the Taste of Chicago in 1988, right, you had uh, Miller Lite, Bud Light, and Bader Brown. Bader Brown was his local crew from the, from the North Burbs. And Michael Jackson, the beer writer, said, you know, it's the best pilgrim he's ever had, right? So then... Baderbrow died, right? Because uh, he was a cop that went and learned how to brew beer from some guy named Bader in Germany. So he came <laughs> back to the Burbs, built a brewery called Baderbrow. But, you know, he had expensive habits. So he kept fucking off all his cash. They went bankrupt. Goose Island bought the recipe and they made Goose uh, Golden Lager for a minute. And it won at JPF. But Baderbrow died. So, and then 20 years went by. And then some college kids found it and, and brought it back to life. Oh, but then they they couldn't figure out how to sell lager. <laughs> so then it died again. Uh, it died again two years ago. But Damn. That it. was my crew. Those were some of my besties, man. I, I worked for them at one point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. More years before it comes back again. 
Who's gonna resurrect it this time? Yeah. Some some brands were uh, some brands were born to die. That's what the old timers would say. <laughs> that oh, is man. some old timey ass saying right there. <laughs> dark <laughs> uh chicago's history is always is dope we um a little bit to get out of the heat we did a um uh architectural tour and that's and, always oh yeah that's so dope yeah that thing it was like the story of just how the city was built through and you could see it through the architecture and it's um so that was that was very interesting and i don't know if there was any I feel like there was some beer stories on there, you know, within that um that tour, but my memory isn't good. You can the blame one me. thing about Chicago history that bothers me all the time is just one thing. We would celebrate Chicago bar history. We would celebrate Chicago criminal history, like the famous gangsters. Yep. We would celebrate sports Chicago history. sports and and uh beer. But we do not give enough respect to the black man who founded the damn city. Wait, tell me about that. I don't even know about the black right. man founding the city. Yeah, DeSavo. Uh, he we have he has one museum, and that's it. Yeah. You don't hear nothing else about him as far as Chicago history throughout the year. That's it. That's all. Exactly. A black man founded the city of Chicago, and he does not get the respect that he deserves. Yeah, Jean Baptiste DeSavo. Yeah, he was a fur trader. Oh yeah, post. I heard that. He name set up before. a trading post here. Uh, and traded with the Indians, and that's how Chicago got to start. Yeah, he was a, he was a big fur trader, wasn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, he's got one little statue by the river, but yeah, we don't talk about yeah. Chicago being founded by a black man enough. I keep tweeting at the uh, mayor, like, okay, if we give Pulaski a government holiday. I didn't even know who Pulaski was until like I was in high school, and then we finally started getting the day off from school. So how is it that we don't have a Dusabo Day? The man who founded the city of Chicago. The, the gay, the, the, the shortest gay black man in American history. You talking about your girl, Lori? Lori pissing me off with this whole situation. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot. Yeah. Man, she pissing me off. She told, she told CPS, if y'all don't get y'all ass back in these classrooms, we don't care if it's safe or not. Y'all fired. Wait, she said that? <laughs> I mean, not verbatim. I didn't <laughs> verbatim that's basically <laughs> what she said. That's exactly what she said. So, okay, let's, I know there was, um, I think you had a shirt on that I saw on like IG that you were saying like you support the bars reopening. Oh, Chicago. Oh, okay. So Chicago bars is a guy who has a bar here in Chicago and he's really, he's anonymous. It's so funny. He's famous, but he's the most famous anonymous person here in Chicago. If you say the name Chicago bars, People know who he is, they, but they don't know the bar he actually owns. That's just, that's so funny, unless you're in his inner circle. So okay. We, but that shirt came from him because a lot of bars here in Chicago have are going out of business because of the fact of we haven't been able to open, you know. And if you we just some type of capacity within the past week, but bars haven't been able to open, so we're losing a lot of businesses here, you know. And they put so many uh they try to compromise so much with the city because here's the thing the city still wants their money they still want those city those city taxes for those bars but those bars haven't been able to open it so what you think is happening they're closing so yeah that was that shirt came in support of him and what they're going through it's disgusting how they are letting small businesses fail in this town you got a spot that's built to hold 200 people over a weekend all weekend long and 
they can't have no customers, but then they don't get no help. Meanwhile, the pumpkin patch is overcrowded. The strip clubs, the nail salons, ain't no restricted grocery, ain't no restrictions nowhere else. But you can't have nobody in your bar. You can't have no customers in your bar. Yeah, I didn't know they were. Yeah, I didn't know they were like doing it like that. I, I don't like that they haven't had it pretty equal across the board. You know, if you're gonna have businesses closed, like be fair and equal. If you're gonna do it, I mean, it's still it's still a shitty situation. COVID is a shitty situation. Um, but the bars, we were able to make it. Where they did they do delivery there? They. Some of them do. Some of them have hooked up with either Postmates or DoorDash and they, you know, try to sustain uh, uh, alcohol to go. They did allow that, you know, cocktails to go. They have to be sealed. And, yeah. You know, but I'm at the point now. I was like, I don't want to order no cocktails. I have a fully stocked bar. I can make my own goddamn part with cocktail. But so it was like, I got to buy beer. So I can't buy cocktails. I can make my own cocktails. I, I got to buy it. I got to buy beer. Yeah, that's what that's what I was doing. I was trying to buy the beer. We did. They allowed our um, our bars to do delivery. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, well, our bars, our breweries to do delivery, and so that's how they definitely were able to sustain during that time. And then, because it is a smaller commu- beer community, I think in the groups there was a whole lot of, yo, we got to support. Go and pick up beer. So. As much as I hated picking up a four pack, cause I don't know if I want to drink all four of these beers, I did. A, you know, I did a couple of those just to try to make sure I support. They do curbside here pretty well, and then we have a our bottle shops are pretty like our bottle shops are pretty dope. So we have one bottle shop called Bitter Pops. They just expanded, so they're doing well doing this whole. <laughs> Listen, some people had to come up and then you have promiscuous um virginia they have it to where you can buy single cans and you can make your own four pack which is also dope when you like you say you don't what if you don't want the whole four pack yeah here but then it's like my luck has been i'll go to promiscuous and i get like one of each and then it's like damn i should have got the four pack but when i go back it's gone <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I knew I was gonna like this. I knew I was gonna like this. <laughs> right. Yeah, Southern Grist, which which y'all were first drinking with the Hilltopia, they still aren't open. Their tap room where we can have you can have guests in your tap rooms. And you know, though it's supposed to be, you know, maybe 50% capacity is definitely not that. But <laughs> they still haven't opened their tap room and they finally started allowing you to do mix and match um four packs. They probably did singles. Yeah, like doing halfway singles. through That's like the pandemic. At first, it was like, if you want this, you get the four pack or a crowler or a growler. You're not getting a single out of us. I, I think, think in the last week, they have started allowing like some, you know, capacity tap rooms, but we have tap rooms that just opted to stay closed out of safety for their employees and for the public, which mm-hmm. I can definitely understand. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there have been instances where people have. The last opening where somebody employees caught COVID or you know it just it's just it's not a liability that people want to take I yeah I can I, I can I get it and I, that puts them in a very bad place this whole thing has just been a clusterfuck personally yeah. oh it's no been, work from home has been great yeah work from home has been fire fun trunks every day I don't, know, I don't know how I'm going back to the office. I wear shirt trucks and hoodies every day for like a year. Put on pajama pants in a heartbeat because they only see me from what y'all see. Like, you don't know what kind of pants I got on under here. Man, it's been wonderful. That, that part, that, that's been the thin line. 
Yeah. We both work downtown Chicago, so not having that cost of getting downtown and dealing with the gross ass train and yeah, I'm like, man, let me just stay at home and I'm, I'm cool. And then if I have to go into the office, I go in and the building is empty. So, you know, cause I like, I work in IT, I go in and I do what I got to do and I'm in and out in maybe 40 minutes, you know, do my little supervisor stuff and I'm out the door. Like, see y'all go back home. <laughs> my, my main office is in Charleston and yeah, you're going to be in Nashville. Like we were eventually going to get an office, but not right now. So don't even worry about it. Just be at the house mm-hmm. and work. <laughs> like, and I actually, I absolutely love it. I always wanted to work from home, even pre-COVID. So like, this is like one of the silver linings for me. It's like, I could be at the house like all yeah. day and get paid. Yeah, as long as you show value at the house, you ain't never got to go back. Like, see, right. like he works- That's my plan. <laughs> right. So like I work for like a, a local governmental agency here. And that was the first thing. Oh, we can't because we have to be responsible to the taxpayers. And part of me was like, Taxpayers, let me work from home. That's what I really was saying. Right. It is the old capability. I'm like, I work, I am, I work in security. We have the capability. Y'all just don't want to do it. But now that we're forced to do it, now we have the board of nine commissioners like, look, we don't want to come in either. Let's just let them continue to work from home. Like, ah. (laughs) We didn't know we need this until we got it. I love work from home now. Yes, it's been a beautiful thing. We're about to crack uh, this one open. We're about to go get our Black is Beautiful Snifters. There you go. Yeah, we're <laughs> sipping on, we cracked that open a little bit ago, the uh, Crazy Gnome. Chaotic Dreams. Chaotic Dreams, yes. This was their first barrel-aged uh, beer. And like I said, they, um, they're they they're pretty brand new. <laughs> very, very young. Um, open in October, I believe it was. You know, crazy gnome uh, brewery, yeah. I've never heard of them. Yeah, so uh, they're one of our micro breweries here in Nashville. I was, I was crazy gnome brewery, baby. Yeah, I'm I'm actually uh brewing an IPA with them that releases <laughs> on Thursday. Oh, so, that's dope. Yeah, it's gonna be in the tap room. It's called the Rainbow Coalition. That was uh voted on by the group, the uh, my Black Beer Experience group. So that's fun and um. It was a great experience. I definitely got some arm workout because we, the mash was very rough. <laughs> so wait, is this a stout? Like, I'm on my glasses. No. Barrel age saison, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, barrel age saison. Oh wow! Okay, nice. nice. It's different, different from a stout. Yeah, it has the most taste of like a saison because a little, still a little bit like peppery. Mm-hmm. And then like that barrel age kind of gives it like that like faux stout taste and uh, aroma to me. But like once you taste it, you're like, oh, okay, this is not a stout at all. I did forget it was a Saison. In, in my mind, I was like, wait, this is a light ass stout. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, you start judging it wrong. Then you say it's a Saison. You'd be like, oh, okay. Hold on. Let me erase all of that. <laughs> yeah. It's spicier, like you said. And I like I like the light body actually. You know, it's too. got more drinkability. As much as I like stouts, you know, sometimes they be real heavy. This, but this one with the light body makes it more fun. So Brandon from Black Beer Travelers, that's yeah. my home. That's my syndicate brother. Shouts out to the syndicate. But um, he sent some horse uh, stouts. Man, they were heavy. 
Very, well, we only opened up one, but it was so heavy. Very dense, very thick. Yeah, those are the ones I got to share. I, you know, I can't, yeah. can't put back a whole that's one of those. Me. That's a bottle share type beer. That's a beer, that's a beer that I would take back if we ever get back to Fresh Press and have another epic bottle share at the house that we had. Like, well, okay, yeah, let's go for it. But you cannot do that one by yourself. I I so wanted to hit Fresh Fest. I was so ready for it. I'm so hurt. Last year, we had a whole plan and everything. Like we we're gonna travel up, go stop at Cincinnati the night before, hang out there, then hit Pittsburgh the next day. Oh man, my I feel like I feel like a kid on punishment for something I didn't even do because I wanted to go so bad again. All right. This is what this is. It's just a kindergarten class. We're trying to go to recess. But we have the badass kids that keep standing up. At the last <laughs> like, oh, you gotta sit here another ten minutes. Everybody's just like, he pointed at her like, "This is a badass kid." That's exactly what he did. <laughs> badass kids, man. There's billions of badass kids everywhere still. Man, we'll get you know. Hopefully, oh. at some point, we'll get back to normalcy. It's not going to be anytime soon, but we'll get there. And then when we do, yeah, we gotta have. I was just telling the Cindy kid, I said, look, yeah, we have to have the, the most kick-ass party ever and call it the family reunion and let everybody just come and just party. Hey, let us know. Send us an invite. We'll be there. <laughs> like, you all already get a yes. Here's the thing. <laughs> it just got to be outside. I don't think anybody's still ready for, like, us to be in, like, enclosed tight spaces i think we still need outdoor space. it would definitely be outside in some in some good weather <laughs> yeah i, I am so Most ready definitely. for it so you all said would like the beers that y'all keep in the house but um i guess pre-covid what's the the breweries that y'all like love to visit and if if black people were coming to chicago where where do y'all suggest they, they stop you know what? It was so funny because you get the, I get this question all the time, and like I told you earlier, Chicago is so huge. My first question is like, where are you standing in Chicago? Okay, all and right. then are you driving? Or are you taking public transportation? Because then it, you know, I can tell you like, oh, in this area. But overall, Maplewood is one of our favorites. Oh, the Maple Room is dead sexy. Yeah, it's, Maple, it's Maplewood. Oh, sorry. We call it the Maple Room. <laughs> but Maplewood Brewing. Right. Maplewood okay. Brewing on the northwest side. It's a uh, brewery and a distillery. And it's at the end of a residential block, which is huge in Chicago because, you know, because the way zoning works, you don't have a lot of bars or breweries on residential blocks. So it's residential and, and commercial zoning. So okay. somehow, they somehow got at the end of this block, mm-hmm. regular block. Right there at the cusp. Yeah. That place is dope. Um. Hey, come on. Oh, shit. I'm old school, man. So I say right downtown, you go to Haymarket Pub and Brewery. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, um, they, were the, they were really the first brewery in West Loop. It's really the best brewery in downtown, right? Even though it's West Loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, it's, the brewmaster is the guy that started Fobab, the Festival of Wooden Barrel Age Beers, which is an international event. Which I need to come to whenever we have that again. That's, that's Chicago's finest hour. That's the best party in the city. Is he Fobab. would love that. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 dreamland. <laughs> that's your jam. It's dreamland right there. That's the shit. And okay, then, um, I'm, I'm here too. So if y'all, if y'all like stouts and, you know, enjoy that type of, you know, barrel age uh, goodness, in Nashville, we have the winter warmer. Mm. 
that thing was okay so I went only one time and I'm like now an advocate for it and I was so hurt that like Fresh Fest and Winter Warmer were the two festivals I was looking forward to last year and of course both of them couldn't happen but Winter Warmer is just all high ABV beers you know barley wines um stouts uh Belgians and you know you like you might be getting just a, a taste, but you are fucked up by the end of the day. And it was an amazing time. So we took a lift there, but it. yeah, you got to make sure you have that ride so home. Pissed. You know, there <laughs> is no So one year I got the bright idea. See, Nick, I, this is before like ABC really started popping on, right? So Nick will always get like, get the invites to FOBAP. So I was like, you know what? I'm a volunteer for my ticket. Listen. Let me tell y'all. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened though. So, are we volu- I'm volunteering. Then we setting up, and they tell you, "Look, you guys can taste whatever y'all want." This is before it even opened to anybody. Before we start letting people in, you can taste whatever you want, but you just can't get drunk. How the hell does that happen? So- You're talking about high ABV stouts, barley wines, all of that. I'm keeping my composure, so they put me on two of the biggest beers, which is. Claire's Thirsty Ale here in Haymarket, yeah, which Haymarket, is, Haymarket, which is an amazing beer, and Benthic from Half Acre, which is also a very well sought out uh, beer here. I'm I'm double pouring, I'm sipping, I'm double pouring. I'm, I'm, now, mind you, my free session for me to volunteer, I was supposed to attend the, the next session for free. He's already in the session that I'm pouring in. I was like, look, I've already had everything. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I couldn't hang because I had already had everything. I was drunk as hell. I couldn't <laughs> hang. I was like, look, it's time. It's time. He's cracking up at me. Like, okay, yeah, I can tell you're ready to go. It's, it's, my afro was tilted. <laughs> the important part, the important part is that you made it though. That was that was the key. It was by the grace of God that I made it through the whole session that I was working. And then not only that, not only am I sipping the beers, I had volunteers. They kind of recognized who I was, so they was bringing me beers. They were pouring like, hey, ABC, taste this, taste this. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to work here. Like, it's, it's, I'm getting tipsy. They told us not to get drunk. Mm-hmm. And somebody did get drunk, and they had to put them out. One of the volunteers, and once that happens, you can never volunteer again. Damn. Um, so I'm trying to keep my composure in case I have to do this ever, you know, do this again. Man, it was just a wrap. It was so funny. We went, we did, we went to go get ramen. We went and got ramen, and then I went home, and I just crashed. Couldn't hang. <laughs> it be okay. like that sometimes. Right. I did that with a food and wine fest in Atlanta. I volunteered, <laughs> and that was amazing, though. I still go back and volunteer for that food and wine fest. And my mama was the DD, so I was in that thing. faded. <laughs> <laughs> me Mom, and my friend yeah <laughs> and i just sat in the passenger seat and just went to sleep when i got in the car because i was i was in there so good so i understand how <laughs> yeah. like you can get caught up it they happened. really set you up they set you up That's they set you up and then like uh uh who's that have you guys heard of three floyds yeah yeah okay so three floyds you know dark floor day i went for the first time ever in 2019 he's 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 an og you know what I'm saying? So he knows what to expect. He breaking it down like, look, it's a beautiful shit shot. Can only tell you so much. And it, but... <laughs> it can only tell you so much. You have to experience it. So here's the thing. People are coming from all, I met people coming from Paris, Germany, mm. 
Japan in line that's coming just for this one day festival. Soon as I walk up and I'm, I'm about to go get in the line, he's like, oh, hey, try this beer, try this beer. You're, you're getting drunk before you, uh, two hours before you're actually getting into the festival. <laughs> the bottle share in the beginning. <laughs> the largest bottle share it's, right. in the city. It's yeah. one big bottle share. So there's this group that I was in, this Facebook group I was in, the Black Beer, uh, it was the IBU, a Black Beer group or whatever have you. They had three tables, a bottle share. They're like just pouring, constantly pouring. And I mean, they come in with heat. They didn't, three floors didn't care that you were bringing bottles in. I mean, it was just, by the time I left, it was, I'm glad my mother lived three minutes away from this festival because it was just like, it was a wrap for me. Where is uh, Three Floyds? Three Floyds is in Munster. So it's a border town. It borders uh, Illinois. Right. It's in Indiana. So okay. It's, uh, the next town over is the Chicago suburbs, basically. Okay. So from downtown, okay. it's probably, you know, 20, 30, 30 minutes. About 30 minutes south of downtown. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I knew it was in the area. I just couldn't put it, uh, put my finger on it. So where do you all stay in Chicago? What area? Far north side, far, far, far. Rogers Park. Like outside Sabrina. of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> in the last neighborhood. So two blocks, <laughs> two blocks north is Evanston. Two blocks north is the burb. So we're at the northern tip of the city, northeast tip of the city. Okay. Okay. When I came to Chicago, I came for work one time and I also came for, you know, pleasure, but I came for work and I stayed in a Schwam Schomburg. Oh, you was a Northwest so, suburb. Yeah, you were out yeah. by O'Hare. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a little ways out. But I was like, I'm going to take the rental and I'm going into the city. So my dumb ass was just riding all the places I probably shouldn't be riding. I had to go. <laughs> I went to the hood to get some Harold's chicken, you know. Oh, man. There you go. I mean, you yeah. I mean, I felt like I'm from New Orleans. Like, I, I'm not that, you know, I get that it, word. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come now because they're carjacking folks. But, uh, but that yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm like. I still probably, you know, I was by myself. Like, let's not be, let's <laughs> be smart. You know? <laughs> I'm not now, hood. Next time you come, you call. Now, yes, absolutely. There will be no question. And there's probably going to be like maybe this this year. Once y'all open back up and things make sense. Because I know you were saying like, it feels like you won't be able to, or we might not open this year or, you know, it just might take some time. But if you're in a different city like Nashville, and if you go visit Atlanta, you'll be like, oh yeah, we right on the cusp. Mm -hmm. It's like the world about to open up. I know Chicago probably has a different vibe because y'all are- just coming out of that hole, so to speak. But a lot of like the Southern cities that's already been open, we like, okay, so we should probably see a festival like in July, maybe. Oh no, our governor shut it down. It's not even the city at this point. The governor shut it down. He shut down the festivals for 2020. And he also shut down the festivals for 2021. He was like, there are no festivals in the state of Illinois because of the fact our numbers tend to fluctuate. And with our numbers with the cold weather, our numbers tend to go up. So yeah. now we have this idiotic mayor who's trying to send CPS kids back to school. And like my kid is a part of the CPS system. She and her ass ain't going back. She like, she, she's high school. You're going to take classes from your bedroom. That's it. That's all. So it is what it is. But no, our, our, our governor was like, nope, not, it's not happening. He's not willing yeah. to take that chance. Yeah, we don't have that type of governor. You know, we we in the, <laughs> we in the red states down here, very Trump country. I mean, Nashville is definitely blue. 
but the the state overall is red. Yeah, it's deep red. It's kind of like Austin in in uh, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, very similar to that. But tell Stacey to come flip y'all state. Listen, we got a group, we got a nonprofit here, the Equity Alliance. Our ladies are putting in work. Yeah, they started here in it. Nashville, but they're spreading out throughout the state and, and making some things happen. So um it's definitely in the works and things are are uh people are working to make make a change here in Nashville. So I mean not Nashville, in Tennessee. Tennessee <laughs> but luckily. Our governor wasn't as bad as Georgia's because oh, man. they didn't specifically say, nah, it don't matter what the city say is going to be, you know, it's all about my word. And so Nashville was still able to open and operate and Memphis as well, open and operate when they saw fit. Yep. Yeah, but you know, Atlanta, Atlanta had no say in what because the governor was like, it doesn't matter what the city says, the this state is open and that's it. Georgia was busting wide open. Fuck your COVID, bitch. Like tried that a little bit with this at in the earlier part, and then our mayor. This is where I sided with her. She was like, nope, I don't care. She said, I'm the mayor of Chicago, and she shut it down. Now it's like. I have an issue with you're now trying to use our kids um, to push your agenda. It's like, okay, wait a minute, hold on. The news just said that 28, no, 2.8, not 28, 2.8 million kids have, have caught COVID. All right. Mm -hmm. So why are you trying to push these kids back into schools? And my hit, my, my biggest issue was with CPS is the fact that it's the urban kids you're trying to push back. You're, yes, you're pushing yeah. back to schools that are poorly ventilated. There's no way that you have the budget to upgrade these schools for safety. Oh, now, all of a sudden, you're going to consider them safe. There is no, like my daughter, she goes to school downtown Chicago. So she has to take elevators to get to her, to get her. It's like her school is one floor. So there's no way they can socially distance. You can't put all those kids in the elevator. It's not going to happen. So you yeah. know what's going to happen is... If you're going to force them to come back to school, then I'm going to have to pull her out and put her into a an, an establishment that's already set up for online school. Yeah. The schools was fucked up and outdated before all before this. Before yeah. And they closed a lot of schools in poor neighborhoods. Yes. A lot of schools and consolidated shit anyway. So it's ridiculous to say you got to go back. These schools aren't built for that. I'm glad the teachers are fighting. They're like, no, we, you're not putting us in danger because you're trying to push your agenda. Yeah, because they're striking up there. Oh, yeah, they good for striking. They there, yeah. Chicago will strike their ass off. Like, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all definitely... I ain't with the bullshit. But... <laughs> like, look, and I got friends who are teachers like, look, we are not going to school. I'm like, look, I support y'all. Get y'all money and put it, and it should be safe for y'all. It's, it's really amazing that um that people are are expecting these schools to open when it, the school was not up to par before COVID. Yes, it's like it it we already you already had a thirty to one ratio of students to teachers thirty plus at that, and so you telling me that these thirty kids could sit in a twenty by twenty room and and socially distance? Nah. <laughs> Shouts out to my right, right. So shouts out to my alderman Maria Haddon. She just got elected this last election. She uh she made the same argument. We had even though we we're in Rogers Park, there are schools up here that's just not prepared for opening. She was like, these schools yeah. are should be the school. Like for instance, the first school when we first moved up here, the school that I had to put my daughter in, 
mm-hmm. condemned at this point. Wow. And I had to snatch her out and she ended up going to another school. So it was like, these schools are not, are not, are not ready. So how are you going to put these kids in this environment? And their whole premise is the fact that kids are not catching COVID at the rate adults are. But guess what? They're transmitting it back to home. Yeah. They're right. taking it home. I'm not, and, and the issue, you know, if, Yes, the students are definitely transmitting it, but if a parent wants to send their student their their child back and you're willing to take their risk, okay, fine. But the teacher's not having a choice in the matter. It's like, can we please just vac- vaccinate the teachers? Can oh. they be inside the group? Because you know, um, like at a grocery store, yes, you interact with a number of people, but your interaction time is a lot lower. Mm-hmm. You're literally sitting in the in the classroom with these kids Six, for hours on end. Hours yeah, so your you know that transmission rate is going to be higher. So you can't compare them to just say, oh, you know, these are essential workers. Yes, they're essential, so we should be vaccinating them if they're so essential. Like treat them as the doctors and the nurses that are getting. Vaccinated. But see, here's the thing: even if you get vaccinated, you can still transmit it. That's that's that that's came out. If you, even if you get vaccinated, you can still transmit it. So you mean after the second shot? Yes, even if you're fully vaccinated, you can still transmit it. So here's the thing. This really? is yeah. Look yeah. it up. So here's the thing. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Look, Me too. the views expressed by the guests are not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to look that. I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm. I know that they. say you still need to wear a mask, and you know it's not. So there are there could be something to that because they're definitely like y'all still need to wear masks. Right. So here's the thing. This is how I break it down. Like, so I have two black doctors. Okay. Both of my black doctors, one man, one female, is like, look, we are not recommending. Our patients get these vaccines right now because it's not as and been fairly researched for people with certain conditions. These fresh vaccines. It was like it's not gonna happen. And here's the thing. Here's my biggest thing. My I have a dog. Okay, he's a year and a half. He's an asshole. He's an adorable golden retriever. The vet was like, "Look, guess what? Your dog can transmit COVID to you if caught from another dog that came from a COVID positive household." Yeah, for real. Yes. Wait, wait. I thought that was. I thought that was that. That rumor was squashed in the beginning. That came from here's they've squashed. Mainstream media wanted to squash that, but this oh. came directly from my dogs. Is that dog? I, I, I well, I'm gonna have to look into this one. Yeah. I'm gonna ask my vet too. I got a little dopamine. Transfer. Oh, they may not catch it, but they can transfer. Oh. So my dog don't even. Have, they don't, he don't even socialize with, with other dogs. <laughs> you can't even go ahead. You're real it's funny, funny acting over here. Like, <laughs> I feel that mine doesn't either. I have a Doberman. We fun, we're funny acting over here. Like, no, I'll keep your behind near away from other dogs. <laughs> can't do it. I refuse. <laughs> so I got some stuff to now I have some stuff to research because I have to I if I can't necessarily dispute it, but I'm like, I, this sounds like some shit. I'm gonna need to look it up. But I'm here for it. So I guess um, before we wrap up, or as we wrap up, more like uh, more like the drinks kicking in. I'm I, feel, <laughs> I am feeling it. all kind of new conspiracies and shit kicking off. <laughs> all kind of new theories <laughs> creeped up on me. Why'd you? I told you. Wait, that should have opened up the Santa Rock thing too. While y'all was at it, you set us up. We That's probably will get to that in a little bit. Like, you open up to break glasses? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
See, I can't wait to come to Shy because uh, I definitely will be hitting y'all up. I want to drink. Like, yeah, we can. Sure. I'll be hitting y'all up too because I've never been to Chicago. I've been trying to get up there. For oh, we love years. Chicago. It's a fun time. So, it is a fun time. Be up there. I'm definitely hitting y'all up. And, and Southwest always have a deal to Chicago, but like, mm-hmm. I have to see what that deal is in the warmer weather. Right now, it's like, oh, $39 to Chicago. But I don't like Chicago that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't like Chicago that much right yeah, now. We stay here. Yeah. <laughs> Chicagoans don't like Chicago. I want to ask, are y'all from Chicago, like born and raised or? Yeah. Born I, and raised? Um, I grew up in the South Burbs. Same, same I was born in the city, moved to the South Burbs, came back to the city when I was like uh, 20, 21. Born in the South Burbs, moved to the city because for him. And yeah, this is where I'm at. But we always worked in the city, so it kind of made sense. Not like I, I forced to move to the city. We was working in the city, too. I was working in the city and living in the burbs. I was cool. But, you know, you get married, like, okay. He was like, I don't want to live in the burbs. <laughs> All right, fine. I moved to the city. That's what happened. That's why I'm closer. You know, that's what love do. That's what love do. I know, do. right? Well, (laughs) we really appreciate y'all coming on and just talking about Chicago and and shit and COVID and all that stuff because COVID is life right now, unfortunately. Forget ball. COVID is life. (laughs) (laughs) Ball used to be life. COVID kicked that to the side. Now COVID is life. Right. Is there there a last statement, last note, something you want to, you know, people to know about Chicago and the beer scene in, in Chicago? We just got no beer. Simple as that. I, I don't disagree. It'd be that real sometimes. Got no beer. Hey, buddy. The dog, the dog's awake. There's a there's a diversity in beer styles up here that that we, we should all be pretty proud of. You know, there's the lager only breweries. The barrel age game is strong. There was a Michelin star brew, brew pub up here. You know, okay. You know, everybody takes their identity very seriously and goes out of their way to be true to that identity. So you actually do have a lot of unique situations when you go to these tap rooms. And, and then there's so many of them that it actually kind of replaces the bar experience. Honestly, you come up here, you can head up tap rooms for, for a couple of weeks straight and, and be very satisfied. So I'm, I'm very excited yeah, that uh, that culture exists in Chicago too. The number y'all mentioned, I'm like, damn, even if I go and spend a long week in Chicago, I'd never be able to hit that many. Nine and a half. I you never have multiple trips, girl. You're gonna have to pick a neighborhood and explore that neighborhood. Explore the neighborhood. Yeah. Okay, I'll drink with you though. Come on. <laughs> we, listen, we'll be all we'll around. Around. back up though. <laughs> Chicago might need to be like a first swig tour stop when we be ever tour again. <laughs> listen, I'm ready for I'm ready to bust a move. Like I said, I love traveling. And so being able to uh do this, you know, rep your city and, and just talk about the different areas, different cities. Um it makes me a little jealous. It makes me a little envious. It makes me miss traveling. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. So I'm ready to get the vaccine so I can get the hell up out of Nashville comfortably. Um, so and then my mama, you say what? Which one are you doing next? Um, next will be California. B- yeah, Bay Area. Bay Area so uh, beer talk now. Okay. And so yeah, we'll be doing um, the Bay Area and talking about. Uh, getting hyphy and drinking brews. Now I mean, so E forty. <laughs> I'm gonna work on my. I'm gonna work on my crib walking. <laughs> I'm working my E forty. I tried that one time. I fell and bust my shit, so I just gave up. Yeah, I'm gonna try, <laughs> and then maybe I'll do a TikTok. We'll see what I come up with. <laughs> I'll I'm see. working my E forty impression. I got bad knees. I can't be out here doing this shit. <laughs> I got forty year old knees. This is what happens. Like man. I 
blew my ankles out too much for me to try to attempt it. <laughs> I don't want to blow it out again. Like, <laughs> well, as we said, we have beer talk now next week with the Bay Area, and we want to thank Shalanda and Nick for coming through. Afro beer chick, Afro beard Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's your name. <laughs> People yeah. gonna be like. That's perfect. <laughs> we really there you go, babe. Apple beard Nick. Wow. Apple beard Nick. I like that. You know, I like that too. I like that too. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, how can we keep up with you guys on social media? So you can catch me on as Afro Beer Chick. All the social medias. I'll be drinking beer and talking shit, and then collectively the Neat Pour on all the socials. Um, at Shy Beer Geeks, that's my Twitter handle. Shy Beer Geeks, okay. I'm gonna make sure I'm following you there. You don't do that now before I forget. And you can catch us at the Swig, you can catch myself at the Black yeah. Beer Experience, and of course, you can catch me at the Beer. Uh, thank you guys for the dope stickers, which the bad idea of Wu Tang stickers on my laptop as we speak. Yeah, yeah, I had to throw some stickers in there, and then yeah. bad idea. Okay. They're a little south of Nashville, but they make really good beer and unique, like unique beer as well. I meant to throw some um, Afro beer cheese stickers in there, and then I forgot. So y'all actually have some coming in the mail. I appreciate that. I'm like, this don't have to be the last trade. If you see (laughs) something from Southern Grist or Bearded Iris or any of the breweries in Nashville that you want to try, and I got to get y'all that guidance. Um, so y'all can, yeah, you got to try that out. Most definitely. If you want beer from Chicago's, let us know. If you want some more hot butcher, let me know. You know, I will. I'm yeah. all at y'all for that revolution because y'all talking about they make good stuff. Man, look, I got revolution in my refrigerator. It's like, and they tell you, here's the thing. I'm, and it's because it's his fault because I'm the type of person that when I get beer, I want to drink it. He'd be like, oh no, that's it on it. But revolution, like, you know, we have the best drink by day. So like I have a revolution ten year in the fridge. I have like I have quite a few revolutions in there that I want to drink so bad. And he's like, "Well, let's sit on these." He's good <laughs> about saving beer. I'm not. Which I did send you guys a revolution as well. I think it was a maple deep. Yes, we do have a we do have one of those. And so we're gonna figure out how to plug that in or what episode we're gonna plug that one into. Or we might just drink that shit um, as we just chopping it up. So. Um, Again, thank y'all for coming on. We want to um, just tell people to like tune in to the rest of the episodes. It's going to be a good conversation. I hope y'all enjoyed this one. Y'all be easy. Peace. Lift your glass to the Swig Podcast and keep toasting. Uh. Take a swig.